Ladies and gentlemen, the Empire Podcast is proud to present the return of the Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra Kazoo Section. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Ah, oh, screw it. Should we just get the professionals in? I'm Chris Hewitt, and that was the brand new Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra, courtesy of the legendary at Focal Nick on Twitter. Nick Store is his name. He is the boy Nick Store. The joke I just thought of. You're a dreadful human being. <laughs> and uh, and thank you so much indeed for contributing that wonderful thing. We were faffing around with kazoo's and guitars and. Acapella for ages. In comes next door to blow us all away. Very, very exciting indeed. Of course, if you think you can better his efforts, then do record yourselves and send them uh, into me as MP3s. Slide into my DMs. I'm at Chris Hewitt. And if you can outdo the Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra, then we'd be delighted to hear your efforts. Anyway, this is a podcast, a spoiler special podcast dedicated to the fifth, the penultimate episode in Miss Marvel, the brand new Disney Plus MCU show. And uh, this was an exciting and very, very different episode, I would say, right up until the end when it kind of forgot to end. Uh, But we'll talk about that in due course. Anyway, uh, for this podcast, I'm joined by four colleagues of such lethal cunning once again. Five of us have squeezed into the grey depressing pod booth for pretty much the penultimate time. This is this is the last Miss Marvel spoiler special that will be recorded in this grey, depressing pod booth. And I'm joined by Sophie Butcher. Hello. Ben Travis. Hello. James Dyer. Hello. I feel like we're in the shadow realm. It does. Um, is that a spoiler? No. Are you sure? Yes, because I'm not contextualising it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this I don't a, know. Neil, is, tell us. This is gold <laughs> content, by the way. Um... <laughs> Anyway, nervous breakdown over. It's all good. All good. Uh, I think we've we've taken the uh, the <laughs> the attention away from James's spoiler. It's all good. We're joined also by Neil Bat. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I was good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty really good. You rock the boat, Neil. I'll do that again. <laughs> One man orchestra once again. Uh, welcome all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Neil, have you brought anything for us this week? Maybe. What have you brought? Well, someone complained last week. Complain is a strong word. 
You said, where are the fucking brownies? It's more of a threat. <laughs> <laughs> I was threatened. And, and uh, James asked specifically for something. I did. It wasn't the piney pudding, I'm sorry. Oh, come on, I man. I'm not, I'm not. You had like one a, job. One job. I, I have several jobs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, this economy. <laughs> Cost of living uh, and, crisis. <laughs> and James asked for lemon drizzle cake. I did. Lemon drizzle cake. Lemon, lemon <laughs> drizzle cake. There oh is my lemon God. kind of cake. So, unfortunately, if you eat so, one, all the others just kind of jump in your mouth afterwards. Oh, Weird, yeah. Whee! So, out. <laughs> steady Neil steady Neil this is 2022 and that kind of behaviour will not be yeah. counted if you get lemon right, drizzle everywhere I'll not oh. be happy come on come no, on I, I don't want to come Ooh, on it's, it's, it's in a Sainsbury's bag it's in a Sainsbury's bag I promise you folks we will discuss <gasps> episode 5 of Miss Marvel at some point but first James needs lemon his drizzle. lemon drizzle okay. now, now see what I'm going to do is, I'm going to do this no, no, no James no, no, no don't what take are you my doing stop taking see, my see, lemon I've drizzle I've taken Ben's and I'm swapping what? it with mine because I've seen enough films to know if Neil is trying to kill someone it's going to be me and therefore he would have poisoned mine and not Ben's thank you so much Neil unless he knew me as he's been listening to the podcast and he knew that I would take Ben's so he poisoned Ben's knowing Ben would give it to me so but that Jesus means that you've got the poison one. That, exactly. Yeah, so are so we swapping back? Do or? we know? Maybe we should both swap with Sophie. No. Because no one's trying to kill Sophie. <laughs> it's mine. Hang Unless on a second. he thought that we'd think that. He knows we know we know he knows. <laughs> <laughs> he you, doesn't know we know he knows. You have special insight into the mind of a killer. How would you have done it? <laughs> I'd have just brought a knife. Do you know what's occurred to me? He's poisoned all of them because he's obviously thought he's gone the, the scattergun shotgun approach. Yeah, Neil, like, where's yours? He what exactly? Oh. You see what he's done? You see what he's done? You see what he's done? He's taking down the he's whole podcast in, in one fell swoop. Neil, Neil. I do not care. This it's is so good. my this is Neil. my plot to take over. That's Empire. it. That's it. Don't make me do it, Neil. I'm sorry, everyone. Sophie, you have to be the designated survivor. I need you to not eat the cake. Like Kiefer Sutherland yeah. in the I TV show. I can't make any promises. So designated if we survivor. all die, you can carry on and, and report Neil to the authorities. <laughs> or we'll just take over. To be fair, it's yeah. really good cake. Maybe I was in on it amazing. all along. They're good? Mm. Cool. Mm. Sure, sure, there is an extra slice for the wife, by the way. She's not getting that. I was going to say. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen. This will not make. This will not reach our house. Uh, this will freeze before we reach the first marker. Um, thank you, right. Neil. Thank you very much, thank Neil. That's very well, kind. Welcome. Thanks, Neil. Thank yeah. you. Shall we talk? I know this is a crazy idea. <laughs> but shall we talk about Miss Marvel episode five? Because uh, I suspect that most people have switched off by now. But uh, <laughs> hang on, we got two Marvel fanfares, one of which was. <laughs> done by someone on the verge of a nervous breakdown <laughs> and now they're just talking about an eating cake. Uh, is there any chance of you talking about the fucking show at any point? Yes, we shall do it now because this was, I thought, a very interesting episode that uh, made a very conscious, conscious effort to step off the beaten path and um, tell us a very, very interesting tale of Aisha uh, Kamala Khan's grandmother Great grandmother, great grandmother, great grandmother. Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, great grandmother. She was a great grandmother. She was. She was a great grandmother. She was a great, great grandmother. Yeah, all to that. She, <laughs> <laughs> she was just a great grandmother. <laughs> she was a grand, great. No, okay. Uh, she was. So we we got the the tragic story of her death. Uh, we got to see how the trail of stars appeared to guide a young sonna to the, the train that, that took her out of India and into Pakistan at the time of the partition. And then there was a whole lot of special effects being thrown around. 
uh, after yeah. that as well. Yeah. So where should we start? Neil, let's start with you. With your notes. I have my notes. With your copious notes. What Thank do you think notes. of this episode? I really liked it. I thought it was interesting how the first 20 minutes they kept Kamala off the board, like she wasn't even considered. And it didn't feel like a Marvel TV show either. It just felt like, I mean, almost like a Pakistani or Indian TV show that had subtitles. It was, I loved it. I love where, I love the risks this show takes with things like that. Um, I think there were certain parts which were rushed, getting to that. But <laughs> yeah, the, the, that first 20 minutes was really interesting. And I like that we saw where everyone was in terms of, you know, they put everyone in the places that they should have been. And then we found out what happened with the stars and the, the death of her great-grandmother. I, I really liked it. Can Shortest. I just say, I was right. Because <laughs> I was the one who said last week, <laughs> it's time travel, she's the one, Kamala's yeah. the one who did the thing, and she was back in time so she could be the person to make it all happen. It and wasn't was right. exactly cryptic, uh, uh, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it was very <laughs> true. <obvious. laughs> said it. Give me my flowers. Hey, look, I guessed the thing that was incredibly signposted last episode. Look well, at me. Well done. Have some more cake. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Eat the poison, Ben. But yes, it was good. It was tangential, but lovely. And I really enjoyed the little the little romance love story. And her, But however, I will say this. What's her name? What's what's head clandestine person's name? Najma. Najma. Yeah. What a c***. Whoa. Like, whoa, 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 but seriously, whoa. it's like it's like, hey sister, it's been really nice to see you. Can you do this thing with the bangle? No, uh, I'm not going to do it. So I'll just stab you in the stomach without a second. It's like, in come on. In fairness, she's consistent. I mean, true across mm. the across the decades. She's very yeah. big on escalation, isn't she? It's yeah. not like I'll give you a, a slap around the face or a, a stern talking to. No, I will stab you in the stomach because you have not immediately done what I asked you to do. But other than that, you know, and I didn't quite. And also the the like the closing of the veil rift thing. I was like. The mechanics of that seem quite woolly. What's going on here? Hey, I can close it by standing in front of it and dying. Can you? Mm. Not just the closing of it, the opening yeah. of it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's been a whole thing yeah. from the start that it's like, hey, if you can use the bangle and you can open the veil, but then, hey, there's a, there's a really small margin of error and if you don't do it right, it's going to go wrong and people will die. Mm. And then it's like, fuck it, it just appeared. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, it's there! Well, did it, did it, it appear or was it caused by... Kamala, but caused by the knife hitting off the bangle. That's that's yeah. my reading of it. That was mine too, or whether it was some sort of like surge of cosmic stuff with her going back in time and that led to it. But it was quite unexplained. But I think the shutting of it was what I felt was less even less explained. Yeah. It seemed a bit it was, like mm. she was like she can shut it. She transferred the sort of power to Kamran but it wasn't explained in any yeah. way before she did yeah. it or how she did it or even after. What is this power that's been transferred? What's going on there? Because she didn't have the ability to shoot things out of her hands, did she? Yeah, he's now suddenly got a magical fist. It's like, what the fuck is that? Like, So that was a bit odd. And d just to get all this stuff out of the way, yeah. like yeah. It, it is pushing us into very typical Marvel, hey, the, the mm. now potentially baddie, I don't know if he's going to do mm. that the way that he sort of does in the comics, um, has he, the he same has to, yeah. powers no... as the hero thing. Like That was mm. such even like a phase one trope um, and mm -hmm. there's so much that's good and special about this show but I sort of hope we're not going because it's either he's the villain or damage control becomes the villain because we're out of villains otherwise but they've forgotten so. to include damage control they keep talking about yeah. them and they, yeah there's a, the drone shows up this week but otherwise it's basically just like it feels like Cameron is the baddie but he's yeah. got his mother inside him somehow which is a really weird phrase but <laughs> You know, it feels like she's possessed him, perhaps, but he doesn't really. He's not aware of the possession. That's he, my that's my take on it. Anyway, he seemed all right when he went to see uh, Brian slash Bruno. 
And then... Yeah, he seemed himself. He seemed himself, yeah. yeah. And then he was kind of... He used the powers to get rid of the drone. And then there was that massive explosion. But then... Yeah. That was it. I, I, so does he become a villain in the comics? Is that how it is? He um, is, I think, a bad inhuman right. in the comics. Mm. Um, it's a long time since I've read them, yeah. so mm. I can't remember exactly how it plays out, but he, yeah, he is an antagonist. Okay. But the show has deviated so far from the comics at this point that mm. we don't know for sure that that's going to happen. There are issues with this episode, I think, but overall I really loved it. I loved the context it gave. Um, the emotional beats really hit me, like when Kamala mm. actually meets Aisha. And yeah, there's some iffy bits that like a bit of hand waving at the end. A bit. But I well, yeah. <laughs> but I actually thought it was quite like bold to kill Najma for her to be gone. Because yeah, yeah. it's like that she was the big bad essentially. We don't have any reason to believe at this point from the show that Kamran is a villain. He's yeah. been on her side, he was left, like so I thought it was like quite interesting that the kind of antagonist is gone. And the the big thing that they needed to do, which was open the gate, is done. And I was like, I don't know where it goes from here, like, really. Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure where it goes from here either. It, it seems fairly clear that it's going to be Cameron versus uh, Kamala next week. The interesting wrinkle about that is why they fight. Do they fight because of a genuine misunderstanding? Then they both realize their mother was called Martha and then everything's fine. <laughs> Or did he fight because he blames her for the death of his mother, which he might do? I mean, there's a reading of that that you could argue that, which is obviously isn't the case, but you know he could interpret it in that way. Again, that's that's based on a misunderstanding, but it could twist him in 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 that way. And the third third one is that she's possessed him somehow. That you know, I don't know how much it was a conscious conscious effort on her part to send out an energy wave to him. I think whenever she says I can close the 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 fail, I think she's that's genuine overconfidence on her part, and that's just that's, that's hubris, and that's you know someone who's been obsessing on this thing. It's classic mad scientist territory, isn't it? She's been obsessing on this thing for a century. Finally, it's here. She thinks I can do this, and then of course it turns out she can't. But that's a trope I dislike as well, which has also come up in in other places. Is that idea that bad guy is obsessed with something for? centuries and then at the last minute it's talked out of it in two minutes oh you don't want to do that oh you're right I don't and it's like you, this has been your whole goal and you've murdered the shit out of people to do this and suddenly you're like nah you're right it's fine it's like that that kind of sort of wavy mealy mouth motivation stuff kind of bugs me I don't think she turned away from the, the fail do you which is interesting it? because it feels She's... like it's really unclear Chrissy, you kind of saying that she thought that she wouldn't die. No, so she, I, I think, oh, no, no, she I, definitely yeah. knew she was going to die. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I took it as yeah. she knew she was going to die. Oh, gonna, she 100% knew she was so going to die. Yeah, it's quite unclear as to what her intentions were and whether it like, came out that way. She's like, you need to help way. me close it. And she's like, I can close it. And she's like, you know, for Cameron sort of thing, she just goes into the rift. Her friend's just been disintegrated by mm. it. So I think she knew. But what, how she knew that would close it doesn't is the part that it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, the, the, the opening of like, it makes more sense than the closing yeah, of it. Yeah, because yeah. you can yeah. probably, you can say, oh yeah, she did a thing with the magic and the thing. Yeah, the magic, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this this thing, yeah, I did the closing yeah. of it didn't, didn't work for me. Transferring the power to Cameron felt intentional to me, but... Yeah, same. But okay. maybe you didn't read it that way, Chris. Oh, well, listen, I haven't eaten the poisoned uh, lemon. <laughs> That's okay, true. So clearly... We are tripping balls over yeah, here. Yeah, so. this is wild. Am I like a giant hippo at the moment? <laughs> Tarawet! I'm all right. See you again. <laughs> Neil is fine. I am fine. I still have half the cake at home, which I think Lizzie's going to be devouring at some point. My Lizzie, not... Lizzie. Um... How many Lizzie's are there? Yes, a lot of Lizzie's. <laughs> a lot of Lizzie's. 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 A lot of
the the thing in terms of where this goes next though and transferring the power to Cameron okay. you're saying Chris that you think it's nailed on that it'll be Kamala versus I mean Cameron. who else is it I mean the, the, the but, only option for me is uh, Brian but Bruno, see. but but I don't think they've they've really I don't think but he, you know how could he take down two superpowered individuals but I I'm wondering if that's not even what that finale is going to be and I like the openness of like to an extent as Sophie said like what is this ending episode going to be? Because they've sort of wrapped up a lot of the stuff that they mm. set up throughout the rest of the series. But it felt very intentional to me early on in the series where Kamala's got her powers and, and damage control is swooping in and you have those scenes in the mosque where they've, they've heard there is um, a, a Muslim girl with powers and they go and storm the mosque and trying to find out what's going on. And everyone there is just chilling and being normal and doing mm. their thing. Uh, and it's the assumption of the powers that be that there is something dangerous and dodgy going on and that maybe Cameron as a character who now is imbued with this power that he didn't ask for and maybe can't control or doesn't fully understand yet could also be assumed externally to be a dangerous individual mm. but is actually not and that maybe it's to do with saving Cameron and mm. that keeps damage control um, as their kind of overall antagonist of yeah. just like this sort of governmental, predominantly white force mm. that has a specific view of this community and will jump to conclusions um, that aren't necessarily true. Yeah, and it feels like we, we're expecting the last episode to be this big showdown because that's kind of just what we've had before with these Marvel shows, with other, with, even with the films, the third act, what, it's always like that. But maybe that's not what's mm. coming which, which I yeah. would really love. I, Character if, piece. Yeah, if it on. didn't devolve into what's a big, what's the big fight, I would love if it did something different. And it was just all about character. It was mm. about wrapping up like her stuff with Nakia. We yeah. haven't wrapped up that. Like, also, she needs trainers because she's been gradually, much like in a video game, picking up bits <laughs> of the costume throughout the show. Yeah. And she doesn't have anything for her feet yet. So we need to see her on yeah. the lamppost <laughs> at the end. Yeah, That'll be the last it. shot. Don't be dangling. Of, on I'm the calling line it or something. What, what's my Amon guarantee, yeah. As Sophie? <laughs> Uh, Sophie says so. so <laughs> Sophistry. Yeah. Um. Sophie says so. The last shot will be her on the lamppost. There you yeah. go. Yeah, okay. I'm enjoying that she's she's getting all the little bits though. Yeah, yeah, that's This cool. is broken. It's the light. Oh, oh, yeah, she yeah, has a little yeah. ukulele like George Formby. <laughs> I'm leaning on a lamppost in the corner of my street in case a little lady comes by. Not, not. Oh, me. <laughs> oh, my. I hope the certain little lady comes by. Oh, God. Um. Dun, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but like you know was it so early on they mentioned the second bangle is that just not going to become a thing now oh, yes. I thought in the past she would have two bangles because they talked about there being two did they just never discover the first one I thought there was going to be two as well Yeah, and maybe that will come to fruition in the, the final episode because she didn't need but, the bangle to use her powers so obviously you know, they talked yeah. about it being a conduit didn't it yeah. it wasn't actually the source who didn't of need powers. them uh, great great grandmother are you sure you know, yeah, like she, she did she, she had she the bangle she does a glowy eye she thing had the, but, but she, she was, had the bangle she had the bangle with her no no because the girl Not has the bangle point, her, the, her daughter has really the bangle confused. that was quite unclear to yeah. me actually because I thought the inscription that... she seems to psychically inscribe in it from a distance with her dying yeah the yeah the thing you seek is seeking you but I was under the um, impression that you know the um, flashback when we first meet Aisha and Najma when they were getting the bangle in like the yeah. third episode or whatever it was. I was under the impression this was after that, and so they still didn't know where the second one was. They only See, had the f they only had the one. Second one comes up in the final episode, and that's when we get 
the long-awaited cameo of Atrian. It's, where's the bangle? Where is it? Help me find it. And he comes and he tracks it down. Yeah, I down. hope so. Yeah, that's, 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 that's hope they go down that road. So, but that, that thing, so Aisha had taken the bangle and, and gone yeah. at that point, in that first, in that cold open you were talking about, right? Yes. Okay, it feels like I've only just seen this show, but I, I, I promise you I, I have. I've only just seen this episode once, in fairness. All right, so then Aisha's on the run with the bangle. Yeah. Yeah, I get the impression this is like years later. Yeah, this, is years later, yeah. this was 1942. I can't remember if they dated that. Oh, they probably did, but I can't remember when it did was. It, did it feel like World War II? Was there something, there was something like it might have been around the same time as World War II, just before, you know, obviously 1942, when we start off, is in the middle of World War II, um, but was it like 36, something like that? I don't know. Ben's looking it up right now. I think he's, he's going to look at the episode. Thanks, Ben. Thank yeah, you for that. They, so they discovered that first bangle, then years later, she's on the run. Yeah, and, and then she falls asleep and manages to break into someone's house. Essentially, <laughs> it's a very musical episode. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I can leave no, that. Wait, I'm still in a post like Macca's Glasto set. Bangle on the run, bangle on the run. And the sailor man and the sailor son bangle on the run. Dun, 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 I wish dun, dun, the podders could dun, see the little I, ukulele move you're little, doing with your arms. T Rex arms. <laughs> I feel they're lucky for not being able to see the world's smallest air ukulele. You're going to play the ukulele, right? Turned out nice again. Who's playing it? Danny Boyle. What episode was that? Was it three? Ah. British occupied India in 1942. 1942. So it's the same year. Oh, so she okay. Ah, it's so not, it's not that long after. No, no. It's all falling into place. So yep. she gets the bangle and she tell, hightails it out of there. And then that's when they start Because they're getting attacked, right? It's all like exploding. Exactly, so yeah. she obviously... So the second bangle must be somewhere, I assume. Because mm. they, they, they mentioned two. Yeah. yeah. Isn't but, the second bangle... It's See what's weird because it's, it's timey wimey now. Yeah. Like in that at that train station, there were two Kamala will have one. So maybe and the bangle Sana is the same bangle, but it's not the same. Yeah, I thought it's the but same. But then one that goes back to the past, then it goes back to the it's future. It's like a so Mjolnir that, thing. That and bangle doesn't stay future. there. Yeah, exactly. Great Scott! So, but the bangle that goes with with her on the train is the bangle that Kamala gets. gets. Mm, yeah, yes. she doesn't take the bangle from that timeline. No. We're getting all a bit angry about it. My brain hurts. My brain hurts. Someone asked me the other day. They were saying, "So, just out of curiosity, which version of time travel does Ed Game adhere to? Is it the Trousers of Time or is the other one?" I'm like. Oh God, that's a whole can of worms. It does. Oh, it's the kind of worms. Either one. It's the can of worms. It's the can of worms model because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Jeremy, worms Bermy, open. Can of, yeah, <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy. Worms everywhere. Can open. Yeah, <laughs> worms are everywhere before the can is open. Well, how did that happen? Well, worms. we went back in time. Yeah. Everywhere, all at once. <laughs> uh, yeah, someone has asked a question about that. We'll we'll get to that in in due course. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. I clearly. Clearly misread a number of things that happened in this episode, but uh, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. We live and we learn. We move on. Um, I want to talk about some of the things I didn't like in the episode before we can end, we can end on an up by praising the first 25 minutes, which I thought were fantastic. Yep. Uh, what the hell is going on with that end? It feels this more than any MCU show that they just forgot to end the show, that they just, you know, the, the, the show's had pretty good cliffhangers so far and pretty good episode endings and this just felt rushed and hurried and uncertain mm. what was happening it felt like there were there were several sequences missing several steps that were missing from that scene at the end with Bruno and, and yeah. Cameron I think a lot of the episode maybe last 15 minutes or so felt rushed to me like with 
this portal opening up and then closing and then when they like kill off the main antagonist it felt really rushed to me and then with the end it just it just this episode basically felt like the finale and it felt like I they uploaded that. the wrong one or something like in that. In fact, I, I actually thought to myself, is this one only five? <laughs> yeah, is this yeah, only five yeah. episodes? They aired them in the wrong order. Like, it's amazing just if they mistake. just accidentally aired this one. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, with uh, Boba Fett when they did that um, Mandalorian episode. So yes. Did they put yes. the wrong one up? It was just slightly disappointing think- for me because I thought it was a really, really strong start. I thought, yeah. you know, as you say, it felt, it felt really different. It felt unlike anything we had seen in the, certainly in the MCU shows. We got a real chance to luxuriate. You see, you, yeah, I always look at these shows as what would this have been if this had been a movie? So if this had been a two-hour movie and this this part of the backstory would have been, what, three minutes? Or maybe told in a very, very quick montage. But here at least, you know, and it's a bold gambit to do so when yeah. you have one episode to do to take 20 minutes out of your runtime and what's left of your story time to delve into this, this backstory and introduce this character we've really only seen in, in glimpses. But it's necessary. Because it actually makes you really feel it when she dies and when she leaves her husband and, and, her, and, and her daughter behind. Um, so it, that really, really worked for me. And then, you know, it was great to see uh, Kamala back. And I, I, I enjoyed all the character stuff again. I thought, once again, Zenobia Shroff was phenomenal mm. as Maniba. There's real growth in that relationship. There's real, um, there's real progress and development in that relationship. I loved the gag about uh, find your iPhone so hang on, this is spyware for parents. Why am I only just finding out about this now? I just love that gag. Made me laugh a lot. Uh, and but I just all the special effectsy stuff just left me a bit cold this week. It just felt, it just felt like it hadn't been thought through. Like they needed some wham bam, thank you, ma'am, in this, and or wham bam, thank you, cam. I guess if you, if you want to. <laughs> and, yeah. But everything else I thought was terrific. I did think though that the effects when they went into the um, portal and died. I thought that was like quite extreme. Like I know it was a bit like <laughs> a bit cartoony, but like literally like turning into skeletons and then like disintegrating. It's yes. like yeah. whoa. <laughs> that felt to me like a bit of a nod to some comic stuff as well, because it looked like the way that they sort of turn to stone and then a sort of that crumbles around them and they die. It felt like a nod to the Inhumans that you go through the Terrigen mists, you're sort of cast in stone, and then you yeah. you either emerge and die, or you emerge with your powers. I didn't know if that was like an intentional nod that they were making to her, obviously um, Kamala's inhuman origins in the comics and just like doing a little MCU remix because it, it felt like that. That's exactly yeah, what that's happens. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, in, in terms of what happens when the clandestines touch the veil here. Is it Blade? Blazer. 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 We need to learn the rest of that. Um, <laughs> is it Blade? Lazy. <laughs> oh come on! Is is it Blade that whenever a vampire? What's the what's the film? Oh god, I've got a, such We've a broken headache. Chris, and you haven't even eaten the cake. I know I've got such a headache right now. Sorry, guys. Um, but stop blaming um, the cake. <laughs> uh, is there's a film in which someone gets killed, like a vampire film or something like that, and winged skeletons will they unsip the body and they fly out of it and they they kind of or they they oh. come out of. They climb out of the mouth of the person who's just been killed, and they fly fly away. It's a. It's, I know. It's not, I, I, yeah, I've, I can see the image. It's not I've blade. It. I don't know but, what it is, though. Yeah, it's not blade. No. It's, it's it's. Oh God, what is it? Hey, folks, it's Chris here. Just jumping in real quick uh, during the editing process to yell at myself and join in with your yelling at the podcast device of your choice because it is blade. It's blade. I knew it was blade, and then I talked myself out of it. Anyway, there you go. It's blade. You can stop yelling now. Back to the show.
Oh lord, I'm 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 having a meltdown here. Um, if you know at home what I'm talking about, <laughs> then do write in to correct me and and let me know what it is I'm asking. Someone gets killed, and this this it, people open their mouths, they die, and this thing rips its way out of their mouth and then flies off. Like basically, their soul flies off. Sounds great, whatever yeah, it is. I, know, I, yeah. I want to watch that. Yeah. I'd watch that. It's really good. It's really good. Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, let's talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about the first uh, 20, 25 minutes or so, shall we? Yeah. Which, yeah. when we stayed with that storyline for so long, mm. I, was t- I was torn between that feeling of, I kind of want to get back to New Jersey because I love that whole setting and the neighborhood and all the characters you get in that setting. It feels a shame to have left that behind for so long. And also being like, ah, but I also don't care because I'm so caught up in this storyline. That flashback, that extended flashback was so engaging. I got yeah. so caught up with those characters for the time that we spent with them. And I believed their romance. I believed their love story. Yeah. It felt, I, I don't know how much of that was the writing, how much of that was the performances, but it really, really worked for me. I, I was so swept up in that. Yeah, it's a combination of all of it. I think the the setting, the performances, the writing, everything, it worked so, so well. And yeah, it's a, like I said before, it's a bold move to take 20 minutes, not have your main character and do something like this. I mean, you, it's great because you learn so much more about her family, her great-great-grandmother, all of the past with, with, with the bangle and how it all sort of happened. Um, I, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It was, it was so well told. I'd happily watch a Marvel show about that, frankly. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like it was a chance as well to lend another specific personal story to the wider explorations of of Partition as well. And yeah. I appreciated the further exploration of that in general in terms of like, oh, well, um, the the sort of, uh, if you're Muslim, you're going off to Pakistan. And uh, if you're Hindu, you're staying in India. And even within the relationship between Aisha and Hassan, there was that kind of tension there, mm. uh, the way that he reacted to the, the sort of kindliness of other people in their community. Yeah. Um, being able to tell a specific story and add more context to that kind of point in history and what that was through not just a Marvel show, but a, a kind of specific set of characters who are having to face what partition is going to mean to them, I thought was really well done. And I think... Allowing it that space to explore Aisha and Hassan and it sort of added more depth to the kind of generational theme that's like throughout the show, like mothers and daughters and like generations. Mm. It just like deepened that a lot more, which also meant that when when Kamala was trying to convince Najman not to go through when she was talking about Kamran, whilst like I had problems with that scene, I did find it quite emotionally affecting because it's like, again, it's like a mother and son. It's like still all about family and connection to it and I think like Family. yeah and I think like <laughs> that prologue that flashback helped with all of that in the modern day also you've got Maneba and Kamala bonding as well and Sana and Maneba and it's just all like all these different generations tying together once you got back to the present day storyline and you had just that embrace between Kamala and her mum and yeah. her grandmother these yeah. three generations yeah. who are Beautiful. united and they have you got the sense that we as an audience understand the family's history now but they all understand each other better kamala's secret of of being that the powered individual is out in the open and, and her mum's reaction to that as well of like a mix of kind of worry but also pride yeah. and kind of that you could see that she was excited for mm. kamala it was like such a nuanced 
expression on her face that said so many things. And the fact that once that information is out in the open and those three generations of women can can embrace and can feel connected to each other through their history and their present circumstances, mm-hmm. I thought that came across so beautifully. I'm curious about her mum's reaction to when she saw Carmela like that, because the way she's been recently or throughout the show fairly sort of protective not wanting to wanting to let her do too much and mm-hmm. this is the sort of thing that could get her into more trouble but she seemed more proud than anything else to the yeah. point that maybe it's to do with the fact there's something that she's using that's linking her back to her heritage and her culture and that's where the three of them as you say they're, they're bonding over something like this and this is going to this is going to make sure that they become even closer than they are and there's going to be a real connection with her and her mum now. So, does was, her mum understand where the power comes from? Like, does she understand? Because obviously, her mum is part gin as well. So, presumably, has no knowledge of that or doesn't believe it. So, I don't know. Yeah. Something that I wanted to ask you guys about was when Kamala helps Sana actually get back on the train, little Sana. She she makes the platforms and she's like stepping on them, and then she falls, and then the stars that we've mm. heard about. Does Kamala create them or does Sana create See, them? I, because I, it it, do, yeah, it looks like know. Sana does. It looks them. like she's yeah. manipulating them, even if she didn't create them. Yeah, yeah. Like and I was, but then Kamala says it was me, like realizing she it was her. Yeah. and so it was like I was wondering, like, does that show that like Sana, her grandma, has those abilities as well? well Who, who's actually controlling them? Yeah, well, I think she does because that's why she and Kamala have the same vision at the same time mm. at the end of episode yeah. three. Yeah, so. Yeah, that that would make sense. Uh, I think the stars are created by Kamala, but they're maybe manipulated a little yeah. bit unconsciously, mm. yeah. Yeah. unconsciously Conscious. by uh, by 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 Sana. And yeah, whether that skipped Maniba, mm. it seems to have skipped her at least, or, or, she's, or she's she's so pragmatic and completely yeah, she just it hasn't embraced she hasn't, it. But again, we no. go back to the thing that you know, Snobia Shroff's graffiti on the wall mm. in the credits is someone wearing a, uh, is an arm wearing a bracelet. So maybe that's where the second bracelet is. Maybe she's had it all this time and she'll it's produce just, it just next in a week. box in a jewelry yeah. box. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. So yeah, we we shall see. But I, I thought she was terrific, and I, honestly, I loved that she wholeheartedly embraced uh, Kamala's yeah. reveal. Uh, she's a great mom. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, she's and you know, because it would have been the obvious thing to do to kind of be very, very stern and reject uh, Kamala's powers and you, you're bringing shame upon us all. And But she doesn't. She's You can see the minute that she's like, oh, this is quite cool. <laughs> this is, and she's really, really proud of her daughter. And that's that's lovely. The shame thing would be such an easy route to take. Such an easy route. Well. Mm. Yeah. And they've kind of done bits of bits and bobs of that throughout the show. But it's so much better this way. And it's just, and I feel like it's as, many, as many sort of cultural references I can make about this show. I think the whole mother, daughter, uh, excuse me, daughter, mother, granddaughter mm. with family and all that. Yes, family. Um, family. There's, there's, there's something that we can all relate to in some sort of way. And it's so grounded. I, yeah, it's so beautiful in so many ways. I think their relationships have become better and better and like the best part of the show is characters like they've, they've really developed them so so well um, I hope we get to see her dad in the final episode as well he's been off screen now for two episodes as is, as is uh, Nakia has, you know, and, and pretty much Bruno as well mm. until until the very end tail end of this episode and again that's a bold move but it's also something that they, they kind of known how these characters would have gone down so this is something that's been pre-planned and, yeah. and premeditated yeah we're, we're, we're going to see them for sure because surely next week's episode sees Kamala and Maniba come back to 
to New to New Jersey and come back to Jersey City, right? Surely. Oh yeah. Yeah. It seemed okay. like it, and I wonder whether they're going to bring her grandma I was as well. Say. Oh, okay. Yes, because they're saying yeah. They said it, it was bringing me back to you this whole back. journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense if they just left her behind. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot for everything. Bye. Which would be lovely, I think. Yeah. But yeah, like you say, I think it's, they could so easily have made it like, made her into this trope of a mom who's like annoyed and overprotective and like yeah. doesn't like wants to stop her and like clip her wings. But it's much more interesting this way. And just like when she watches her, like we don't see her like jump up, I guess, to, um, I've forgotten his name, the Red oh, Dagger. Red Dagger, yeah. Red Dagger, yeah. You can see like the wonder in her eyes, and it's just very interesting. Yeah. And it was quite interesting what you said, Neil, as well. Like it's bringing, it's like maybe she's more embracing it more because it is relating her back to her culture. Because part of the tension, I think, in the earlier episodes was like her, like Kamala breaking away from that a little yeah. bit, and so this is like bringing them a bit closer in that way. It's easy to do when you're sort of like the, the kid of immigrants in a Western world. Speaking from experience, you know, I've kind of, I wouldn't go as far as say I've rejected my culture, but kind of I've embraced it a lot more recently uh my mum may disagree but whatever uh, <laughs> but i i, okay, I we'll think next week we'll find <laughs> <out>. <laughs> oh that'd be fun <laughs> she doesn't work wednesday so <laughs> <laughs> she's around <laughs> um yeah it's something that i think a lot of people will will certainly relate to in that situation uh yeah it's it's it's, it's an interesting one mm. uh, i think we should give a quick shout out to those two effectively new members of the cast this week. One was brand new, Fawad Khan as Hassan and Mewish mm. Hayat. I'm probably butchering those pronunciations. Apologies if I am. As Aisha, uh, who are huge stars in in Pakistan. Um, my hurried research has discovered. <laughs> um, I don't really know them as actors. I think they were both very, very good I- indeed. Um, and you know they had to make a lot of impact in a relatively short space of time, and they did. You know, he was a very, very solid, dependable, likable presence. Mm. She is staggeringly beautiful, mm. uh, but also had this this lovely warmth as well to her, which I really liked. Yeah. Well, we're on the sort of flashback stuff as well. I I really liked how this episode began. I liked the sort of newsy flashback mm. yes. newsreel presentation that kind of square aspect ratio that the sort of sepia toned uh marvel logo as well again felt like a nice twist on the on the usual fanfare it made me very mm. much want to read a little bit of history because when they were talking about sort of like pre-partition they were talking about uh you know divide and rule sort of british policy over there and i was thinking i don't know anything about what they did there but i'm sure it was fucked up and i definitely <laughs> want to know more about it and in terms of that in terms of telling stories of partition and stories of the british empire from another perspective mm. because as we were talking about last week mm-hmm. we all whatever little of it we learned in school in the uk was from a hey yeah we had uh, colonies out here and here and we traded and all sort of this stuff and i feel like there is those images that we have seen and that we've known of kind of British soldiers in the special hats, helmet <laughs> things, whatever. They, what, they are special. It's so tied in with the, what we get shown here of like, ah, look how powerful we used to be and look at sort of these were the soldiers out here. And to show the reality of those soldiers, they're fucking shit up. They're causing violence and devastation in those countries. And just to have a show represent that in that way are we the baddies like honestly it would be be funny if that literally wasn't what we're all taught growing up yeah and having a show that even in this basic sense here 
show that from the opposite perspective of like, yeah. who are these people who have uh, like just come across here and are sort of messing people's lives and, mm. and causing violence and despair but, for people? To be fair, I think the Americans have always been quite clear on their policy about British colonialism. So that's maybe not a huge <laughs> shock. But yes, I do know exactly what you mean. But yeah, I, th- I think specifically in a, in a British colonialist sense for a kind of other continents other than America, like, mm. I don't feel like we see those images with that genuine context enough. Mm. It's, it's like, this, this, this whole thing, I mean, to, to learn about this stuff in the context of a Marvel <laughs> yeah. TV show is, is amazing. To be inspired to go and learn more about it mm. is, is great. Um, you think about it, you know, I come from Northern Ireland, which is a, a country that has obviously had a, its fair share of problems as well. Um, and that just celebrated its 100th anniversary, some centenary. So it's only existed technically for 100 years. Um, and you think about it, Pakistan, 1947, that's less than a yeah. century ago. Unbelievable. And you know, I just always grew up just, oh, Pakistan, that's just, that's just a thing. And in my mm. head, it was like, oh, that's existed clearly for hundreds of years. No, 1947. Absolutely wild. Um, should we take some questions? Yes. Mm. All right. Here's a question from at Chris Coston HQ. He, uh, now, in fairness, this is a question about Better Call Saul. We recorded a Better Call Saul <laughs> spoiler special earlier on, but he missed the boat. It's a good question. Do you think there would ever be any merit in introducing someone to the Breaking Bad universe by watching Better Call Saul before Breaking Bad? Or is Better Call Saul designed to be viewed after Breaking Bad? Watch it after. Definitely watch it after Breaking Bad. Yeah. I think so. I would say so. Because there are certain characters who are, I've got, why have I got a feeling I'm, I'm in trouble <laughs> saying this? I'm just really glad no, you're taking this ball I'm, and I'm glad someone knows the answer because I don't. <laughs> Go on, Neil. Go on. Oh, well, okay, fine. <laughs> There's there are all sorts of references and callbacks to Breaking Bad. I feel like there are certain things you don't need to know in Breaking Bad before watching that and then watching Better Call Saul. It feels like it should be Breaking Bad, then prequel. There is one rule and one rule only, and it's another word. It's books or TVs or films. Production order is mm. always the way to go. Yes. Yeah. Always. Never mm. chronologically. Do you remember the time that I, uh, I sat down I started to plan out? This is years ago. And nowadays, it would actually have killed me. And I started to plan out the complete chronological order of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yes. as in which order you should watch everything in. So, yeah, like, funnily enough, should... it spelled out the words Jeremy Barramy, which was un- <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> it did. <laughs> Hasn't someone done that? Like, like figured out? Like, not even just films, like scenes, like flashbacks. That's what, and I was doing. That's what he was that's trying to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's oh. been optimistically. Chris thought it would fit on a spread in the magazine. Yeah, it did not. It worked out. About, <laughs> it worked out about six pages. We we didn't have the pages to do it. So all my hard work and I had spent literally weeks in this thing <laughs> just went down the drain. And it was it was because it was crazy because it would be literally like you start off with the beginning of Thor: The Dark World, but now even now that's probably been knocked out of uh, sync by the by Eternals, Eternals and, and whatnot. Mm. Uh, maybe Thor the Dark World prefigured. I'm not sure. Um, it's a bit, bit hard to start at a point before the dawn of time, but we will we'll give it a go. <laughs> and then you have, then you would pop the DVD out. You would pop Thor in, but only the first 40 seconds of Thor. And then you would pop another. It became really, really complicated. And this complicates things as well now by having seen set 1942. Mm-hmm. Is that technically yeah. before parts of the first Avenger? Which is 1943 primarily. Uh, it's, yeah. Oh, it's all very. I mean, obviously, yes, 1942 is before 1943. I'm addled, Neil, but I'm not that addled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm addled okay. enough. <laughs> but, but I'm wondering, you know, are there aspects, are there moments of First Avenger before 1942? I think there are. And there's certainly, there's a moment in um, in Winter Soldier that we see a flashback with Bucky and Steve. Anyway, what I'm saying is if you really try to do this chronologically and watch 
the MCU in order, you know, it would be just a monumental achievement. How would you do it? You'd be watching stuff for 30 seconds here, 40 seconds here, and then an entire movie. So yeah, production order, not chronological order. That's the way to go. Uh, thank you for your question about Better Call Saul, Chris Costin. Uh, very, very good indeed. Okay, here's a question from Diwani. Uh, I'm in the US. Good. Uh, I'm probably too late for the episode five spoiler special, and you're not. I was wondering what the pod team thought of Kamala speaking in English to baby Sana. I guess the baby is bilingual like her parents. Well, no, I got the they were using that device where when there's mixed languages, they use subtitles and then they gradually transition to you're hearing in English because you're a predominantly English audience, but they're not actually speaking English. My assumption was because like all the conversation between the characters during that is all in English once you get through that initial subtitle bit. But I don't think anyone's yeah. assuming they're talking English. But does Kamala speak Urdu. Has she spoken Urdu much in the show so far? That's a good, that's a good question. Bits, that is a good question. Bits and bars, but I don't think she's fluent. Yeah. I don't think so. so maybe she is speaking English at that point, but I got the impression that the other characters were obviously not talking English to each other around the house. That would have been That's a good weird. point. I didn't they, hear anything I did that. notice the radio was in English as yeah, well. Which again would be, I mean, yeah. I, I know it's make the world England was very much, you know, colonialist <laughs> foreign policy, but that seems excessive. Hmm. Again, I read that, in, I read that the other way. So I read that she was speaking in English to her. I, I they might have been that. in that scene, but you know what I mean? Like the preceding scenes. You the know, scenes with the scenes of Hassan and yeah. Yeah. Nisha. I, I See, I thought it was that interesting thing where they were speaking English to each other in the home, maybe to, maybe to you know, they, that they were bilingual, obviously, but yeah. they were maybe just keeping their, Honestly, their hand in, so I think it was more just that they're not comfortable making literally half the episode subtitled, which is fair. Like, I can understand why they wouldn't want to do that. I think you start yeah. off with that and then you just... Because, again, it's a device that is, that is often employed where you'll start with subtitles and it will gradually fade into just spoken English. But them being able to speak English is not unrealistic. No. Like, no but yeah. obviously mm. they would be able to because, yeah, it was English occupied. Yeah. yeah. So I think... I think they were speaking both languages. I think if there were subtitles, they were speaking Urdu. I think there were things Urdu. And if there was no subtitles, I think they were speaking Because there, there are I enough think. moments in yeah. that. I mean, I haven't I, seen, I've only seen the episode once, but I'm pretty sure there are moments in, in, their, in their home, in the, in the village, where they're speaking English to each other, and then they'll throw in a bit of Urdu. Not that and I then, noticed. Okay. Well, I, I could yeah. be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah. I've only seen it once. But even when the neighbor comes around, he's speaking English. Like everyone's speaking mm. English. No one's speaking anything other than English. He walks up to under a tree. They're all just speaking English. I just, I feel, you know, even under colonial rule, that seems a little bit far fetched to me. Do you mean the neighbor but, that brings them food? Uh, yes, love him. He no, he's he's definitely not speaking English. Is he not speaking English? No, there was definitely subtitles. I remember because I watched that scene a couple of times. Well, then if that was subtitled, then I'm inclined to agree with you, Neil, and say that then they probably were literally just speaking English to each yeah. other, whether or not that's realistic. Yeah. Um, yeah, and with Kamala, like she only said a couple of lines to Sana, so like yeah. she might have known it, that. You know, it was yeah, and she was kind of like just comforting her. I think like she would have gotten across what, that she was trying to get. Even what age is a kid though? Because you know, I've got I've got French. Uh, nephews who you know it's obviously a slightly different situation but where the, the father is English and their mother is French and he speaks to them in their home mm. I've seen it's incredible you know they're, they've been bilingual since they were old enough to walk it's absolutely astonishing he speaks to them exclusively in English she speaks to them exclusively in French and they're just incredibly fluent in both languages yeah and, you know I'm I wonder if there was an element of of <laughs> this is a really really long answer to this question. But, <laughs> but we know, you know Kamala is fluent. Maybe I'm not always. Maybe spoke she is, but her. I also like, wonder with with Hassan and Aisha whether was there an element where you know where, where young Sana is fluent in mm. in both Urdu and 
Um, and what's the name of my language? English. <laughs> England I mean, language. I mean, loose, Englandish. Yeah. Uh, there is an <gasps> element to that in. Oh, Jesus. Shall I just say? <laughs> you're right, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> I need there, your cake. I'm going to eat your cake now. Uh, there is an element to that in. Um, I'm just going to blanket term brown families where they will speak their native language and English, say they're in the UK or in the US, so that they can learn both. Yeah. It's happened with me and my brother. Didn't really work. <laughs> Whereas like my mum can speak English, Hindi, Gujarati, and understand a bit of Swahili. So. Wow. Duolingo, man. Duolingo. Yeah. That's yeah. That's I've you been tempted. I've heard, about, I've heard you talk about it on the podcast <laughs> as if you're sponsored by me. Duolingo <laughs> <laughs> and Nando's and it's done me <laughs> fuck all. It really has. Haven't had any I, free passes to I either. I used to get free Nando's all the time. <gasps> Hang on. What? You didn't have one Pre- of the high five cards? No, so uh, okay. my my dad, he, who who passed away a couple of years ago, Nando's, yeah, he did, yeah. So we right, it's, a very, it's ridiculous to talk about this now. But we right, where mum and dad live, or where mum lives now, um, there's a Nando's round the corner. They would park on our driveway, and dad would go over there to do favors for them, like fix stuff and they bits and bobs, <laughs> and they and paid get, exclusively in chicken. We would just get free Nando's. That is amazing. That that is living the dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember once going to a event. You remember this, Chris? And and we were given. I was given chicken checks. Oh my god! And they god, were chicken, chicken checks. checks. Just be spent in Nando's. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. It was amazing. Cool. Yeah, and there's legal tender in a Nando's. Yeah, the, the, the Colonel does not accept cool. them. It's no, Nando's only. It's exclusively yeah. Nando's. Every time we saw check. Dexter Fletcher a couple of times, we saw him in um, in, uh, in in a Nando's, and he has yeah, the one of the magic it's cards. What's, it's, it's called a high five card. So they they give it they give it to famouses. Yeah, not us because we asked and they said no. We asked. Isn't there a Greg's version of that? Oh, what's that? I, I hope so, and I hope I can get one. <laughs> Who's a low five? Well, I think. Yeah. Was, no. that just, was that just a dream no. I had? <laughs> no, Greg Slander. What level of take... influence would you need to be to get free passes? Listen, we'll have no denigrating Gregs on this yes. podcast. Oh my God, finally, there is another. Oh my God. Join me I'm in pretty the... sure that's a thing. Please a tweet free us. Greg's tweet card. me. <laughs> Please send us one. So Please yeah. send me one. Yeah. Me yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. I'll be done with that. Oh my God. Anyway. All right. Okay. Um, at Tass Chowdhury asks, if Aisha died at the train station, how did the Red Daggers know her? Because they claimed to have known her. I have to say, I can't remember much about the Red Daggers even from last episode. No. You know that, um, was it Waleed? Was that his name? Waleed, yeah. Waleed. And all that like sort of exposition dump he gave, I can't even remember what was going on with them they felt quite underdeveloped yeah it felt very sort of brushed away mm. very quickly and they sort of went over it in that you know preamble bit before this episode I don't remember mm. maybe they just know her because they know she's got the bangle and they know of her yeah maybe. I don't know. she didn't seem like she lived a particularly high profile life so <laughs> no. you know in general, I do wish this show was a bit longer. Yeah. Like I remember, I wish all of them were a bit longer so they can just take some time. Yeah, fucking explain things. Well, I, I thought. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Go on. <laughs> I, I thought going into it. this that this was an eight-episode show, and there's part of me that feels like that would have been a really lovely season structure. Of you have three episodes in New Jersey, setting up the characters, setting up all the relationships, then they go over to, to Pakistan for two episodes and you go into all the family history stuff, you can start to develop all of the uh, clandestines and the red daggers and yeah. stuff and then go back to New Jersey for like two and a half, three episodes would have felt like a really lovely amount of time to let all of that stuff breathe because oh, the amount that we're talking about here, they've introduced so much in this mm, show. It's, yeah. it's Kamala herself, it's her getting her powers, it's all of her family and friends 
It is um, all of the family history and uh, the, the the partition story. It is the clandestines mm. and how they tie into that. It is the Red Daggers and Camran and like that is so much stuff for a six episode series mm. I, I just wish if it was eight episodes and you could just let all of these things breathe a little bit more and and come back to new jersey for a few episodes at the end to really center that that is the heart of the show but a really important thing for the character is to go and explore her family history in pakistan mm. i would mm. have loved that but then you i mean you say that but then they basically wrapped up the whole story after five episodes i mean i'm sure yeah. there's more to come but it feels like this is kind of done so, well, I think yeah. this is where like everything felt rushed in this mm. episode, and maybe partly shortest episode to date. Like it was, it was barely with credits, barely thirty-five minutes long. Yeah, and that just feels like you know you could easily have thrown another twenty minutes in there, with sort of some character yeah. stuff or yeah, I agree. Atri- to, yeah, and made it <laughs> felt Atri- a bit more clear, a bit more explained. Yeah, which seems like a strange choice. A Doctor Strange choice. Mm. <gasps> <laughs> what does that even mean? Who knows? Uh, here's a question from Ad JG. Uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this as I'm going to try Koi Man, but I might be completely wrong. It's uh, I'm guessing Dutch, but let me know if I've got that wrong. Uh, I wonder how you guys are feeling about the fact that a lot of what we saw this episode and the previous one is happening as is, just like Kamala is experiencing it. So not a lot of plot exposition about how the fail works, what happened to Kamran, or how Kamala time travelled. We're basically following her experience, and it feels refreshing to me. Does it feel that way to you lot as well? It's an interesting point, actually. Yeah. It's just, we're experiencing it as it's happening to her. Maybe that's why there is less explanation. I think it's kind of appreciating that, hey, let's not just like stop a scene so that we can explain a bunch of yeah. shit while also going, I would quite like to have some explanations <laughs> <laughs> for some of the shit um, would be quite helpful. But I, I think that is a problem that some of these shows get into or, or so much sci-fi stuff where to an extent it, it sort of doesn't matter what exactly the veil mm. is or how it works. But I think the way that they've approached it here even though it hasn't bogged the show down with like getting into the nitty gritty of that, it has left us with questions. But as as Neil said earlier on, I do think what this show is doing super successfully is all the character stuff. And for me, that's always going to come above and beyond. Oh, but I don't know how the magic yeah. portal works. Yeah. Mm. Like that, yeah. this is just that world and those things exist. And it's just a different sort of magic portal to all the other magic portals what matters is the character stuff and they're doing a great job of that but I would like to know a, a little bit more <laughs> about what's going on and why I mean how does this tie her into the Marvels this is, this is the thing I, I want to know like mm. how does this how did the, the events of the show bring her and how does Monica Rambeau mm. come to the attention of Carol Danvers because you, you've got to feel that something are we, are we, for the last episode we've got to feel that there's got to be some kind of Marvel intervention hasn't there I was thinking that yeah maybe there's I don't know if Captain Marvel will show up it would be a or, nice, it'd be yeah. a nice end it would piece be, for Yeah, it, I, I think. think so. Yeah, I. The one thing that I'm glad they didn't do is do the white savior thing in this show. Like, it's well, not, have her turn up, and yeah, and fire. be the one who mm. saves the day. It's like, oh, thank God they didn't do that. I, I'm happy to see her, but not in that sort of context. I think that she may show up, maybe like a post credit recruitment sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I wondered that. Yeah. It feels like it might be a credits thing. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. We'll get on to our uh, projection, pr- projections. Oh, God, I have. I think I may have died and just not told myself. Um, 
We'll get on to my, our predictions for the, the final episode. <laughs> yes, the cake is the elixir of life. And I'm deliberately not eating it at the moment. And this is why That's I'm why dying. you've died. This is it. This <laughs> is it. to revive you. All right. Here's a question from uh, at Derek Flood 83. The obvious one. What do you think happens to Kim? And will the ending in any way come close to rivaling Breaking Bad? <laughs> I, I generally looked at Ben. Who's Kim? And, Who's and Mouse. Who's Sorry, Kim? I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm taking these questions in the order that they came into my inbox. So is, is that a, an autocorrective? Cam? Are we just calling no, Cameron like, Cam now? Cam Cam. Calling him Kim? If Cam dies, we riot. I was like, what was the girl at school called? That was Zoe. I was very confused. Are you doing a Kardashians? <laughs> 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 I because honestly, if so, I want in. Yeah. God, no. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, Kim, Kim, uh, does not die. There you go. And will it, will it rival Breaking Bad? Yes, I think it will. Yes. Uh, right. Here's a question about this actual show from Shabir One, Shabir Ahmed. I've been watching Miss Marvel from the start and by and large been loving the cultural accuracy of the show on the whole. One tiny bugbear has been the use of English in situations that would otherwise, uh, would and could have been spoken in Urdu. Do you think Marvel could have been bolder in maybe doing the show in a non-English language and relied where needed on subtitles or is it a step Still too far. It's it's tricky, isn't it? Because like when Shang Chi started with subtitles, I was like, "This is fucking brilliant!" Like, and it yeah. felt it felt yeah. it just it just felt special, didn't it? And I like the use of it in this. I mean, again, I uh, whether or not uh, it, it turns out they were speaking Urdu or whether they were speaking English, I don't know. Like when they transitioned into it, there was a part of me that was just like, "I was enjoying the subtitles," but I get it. It's fine. It's not a problem. Mm. Carry on as you were. I understand this this happening, but because they do it in Star Trek an awful lot, like because like Discovery yeah. started doing Klingons. With subtitles, uh, but they've used that in the past where obviously universal translators and bollocks don't have that in this, but where you'll start with subtitles then gradually it'll just be, okay, now we can just hear you mm. speaking. But that's the thing, I think Shang-Chi has shown that they can do it. There were like mm. swathes of that But for film. bits, like it wasn't for extended periods. Like, right. like, it's not like they'd have gone like the whole first half of the film subtitles, because I think... Interesting though, I wonder whether audiences these days, whether their, their tolerance has changed for subtitles. And I mean younger audiences. Mm. Um, do you remember a couple of years ago when Parasite won the best picture Oscar and yeah, Bong yeah. Joon-ho mm. was basically <clears throat> one inch barrier yeah the one inch yeah, barrier yeah. I think that this the younger generation and I obviously include myself in that have ha, are overcoming that mm. yesterday Rachel Pryor who's a, a you know a really great on Twitter and she's a TV executive as well uh, she did a, a little poll on Twitter asked a question going hey people who've got teenage kids do you find that your teenage kids watch all watch TV shows and movies with the subtitles on and the answer overwhelmingly was yes. This, this is a funny one because I remember when we were watching Moon Knight together, Ben was like, can we turn yeah. on the subtitles? I watch I English like, shows with subtitles I mean, on. Everything. Yeah, I yeah. do that Everything with well. subtitles yeah. Why? Yeah. Partly because the, 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 the sound levels, I've got a nice sound box at home. A sound but... box? It's called a speaker band. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this, it's got all these the, wires. <laughs> the magical fairy lives inside. <laughs> the one no, that reads like, the dialogue. Ding, it's ding, almost ding, like ding, a ding. step up from, a, from a, a sound bar. It's like a massive box that the TV sits on, like this huge speaker. Yeah. Um, uh, but it means that even with the settings tweaked, Action stuff it is gets really quite fucking loud. Mm. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. I can't hear what people are but saying. Mixes. I sometimes find these five point one mixes are very muddy for the dialogue. Like it, it can Absolutely. be quite. Yeah. yeah, I think there's the, there's some really interesting articles online mm. going into why that is and why um, often the way that things are produced these days and how mm. much um, filmmaking is about visual presentation of things maybe at the expense of capturing the audio in the moment yeah. mm. or how you then hide the microphones means that you don't have as crystal clear audio and how that plays into the whole sound mix 
So I find it quite tricky often watching stuff that has been designed mm. for like cinemas. Then they have those audio mixes on streaming services and it, and it doesn't work for me. And also I think anything that has like lore, any yes. like fucking mm. fantasy thing, which <laughs> any I really Marvel like, show, anything oh, like that. noob, <laughs> you just having having the names of the places and the things and the characters down and the characters. Because sometimes it'll say a character's name before they're introduced on screen. Sometimes right. they're not even introduced. Yeah. So having that information, I, I've I've just been doing this for years now, and I don't even question it anymore. It, it just me <laughs> washes so over much. me. I mean, we nearly had a big old fight about the Moon Knight. Sometimes I like, absolutely I not. could not hear a word that they were saying. That's a sacrifice you had. Because the thing is, like for me, like if look, if it's if it's in another language, fine, fuck it. I'd rather have subtitles and not understand it. But ultimately, <laughs> it, it takes me out of it because I can't. I'm not there. I can't project into the show because there. Are, I have to read things like, and it's like because you don't walk around when you talk to people, and there are not. There's Do you not read writing with your finger on the screen, yeah, like one like, word at a time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a big reader. Yeah, no, and, but that's and a reading thing. stuff like you're picturing it in your head as you're yes, reading it. Yes, but I don't but, see the words floating in my mind. Like, no, you are seeing the words. You're literally looking. Using at subtitles is not a case of like you stop looking at the screen and you look at the tiles and you go like your mind's not doing it like that. It's filling yeah, in the blanks like when a, you're looking at like it. So I have the same thing with watermarks. Like when we watch screeners and they have watermarks oh, on, yeah. they pull me out of the film because I can see the watermark. It's like this window is like my window into this world. And I project myself in there and it's like, <laughs> it's real when I'm in there. This may be just the way my brain works. And if there's any kind of distraction or barrier, like if anyone talks when I'm watching stuff, I may have to murder them. Like I can't have anything yeah. that pulls me out of the narrative. It's why I like the cinematic experience where it's oh. a darkened room, you can't see anything as long as twats behind our rustling popcorn. Oh my God, like last were night, a certain last thing I saw last night. For um, Love and Thunder, was oh. there was a guy behind me I wanted to punch him. Same here. Oh. Same here. Motherfucker. He was about four four seats away. I glared at him several times. Yeah. Like, you know, honestly. Uh, Rustling bastards. I wanted to reach over and go, sorry, what, what does your ticket say? <laughs> does it say Thor, Love and Thunder? Oh, really? Because, you know, it doesn't say an annoying c talking at, <laughs> talking at, at full oh, yeah. It's like, mate, mate, the speakers are loud. It, don't take it as a personal challenge. Yeah. Every time they got loud, he got louder. Like, honestly, but yeah, pulls you out of the film is what I'm saying. It pulls you out yeah. of the show, and again, subtitles do that a little bit to me. They take me out of that. I'm very conscious that I am watching a thing as opposed to being in the thing. Okay. When it comes to a question of could they have the subtitles on, is that a bold move? Like, look at where the sh if you're going to set the show for that amount of time in in India, they'll have been in at the time. I don't, that shouldn't seem bold anymore. Like, look at what they've yeah. done with this show. Like, yeah. Yeah. if someone's watching this and they're invested in this story, I very highly doubt that subtitles but, are going to take them out of it. I mean, I know it's, it's an accessibility thing as well, but like... I think about this, think about this like, so this this is going like, you've probably got 10-year-olds watching this, 9-year-olds yeah. watching this, and I think asking a 9-year-old to deal with subtitles is asking quite a lot. I think they could have had it in their native language for the whole thing. Personally, yeah, but, yeah. And, and I agree but, with you from an artistic point of view. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But I think it, there is a realistic standpoint uh, about it having English as well, mm. because they would have been speaking English. Yeah, mm. uh, which the is subtitles awesome thing. That no, I I loved it. No, the fact that it it started with subtitles, didn't it? Yeah, that's mm. astonishing to me. Again, this is just amazing to see in a and it's the thing. texture of hearing it, it in the native tongue. Like it, it feels is, yeah. more immersive in that regard. Which is why I say like subtitles when it is a non-English language, I'm hundred percent here for it. It's I can't do the I'm reading it and hearing it and it's no just also when they don't match up which they regularly don't that just blows my mind you're in the minority yeah. and need to express this well I'm in so many ways <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was trying to pick up on any words that I, I understood like there's a few here and there but yeah 
I yeah. need to brush up on some brown languages. I love that Chris started this as uh, it seems like there's maybe a new generation coming through and it's basically James yelling Going, at me. No. <laughs> Old no. man yells at subtitles. <laughs> I won't have it. I won't. Jimbo, do you like audiobooks? Uh, I listen to audiobooks excessively. Well, yes, this is like an audiobook, but just one that moves. <laughs> yes. Yes, Chris, that's exactly what it is. So there you go. <laughs> Except my audiobooks don't have subtitles. <laughs> no, that's, but, they, but there's like a subtitle version of it, but it's printed out and yeah, bound. It's not like Storyteller. I don't read, I don't listen to the audiobook, and then like with my finger, like read along the book. Like you do one or the other. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> with you, James, who knows? Uh, anyway, um, I, I've embraced subtitles. I, I really have. I really have. I find it, I find it valuable. And with this show, honestly, the first couple of episodes, uh, Kamala, Nakia and Bruno, when they were together, talked so quickly. I felt mm. so old. And it's so <laughs> weird because I come from Northern Ireland and I believe we have been clocked to speak faster than any other night mm. nationality <laughs> on earth. There's a, a man from the town of Straban, I believe, who talked in something like 190 words a minute, which is astonishing. I mean, I could beat that. You, yeah. I mean, it was like... You I would watch Derry Girls with my housemate who is French. I mean, she's very fluent in English and Spanish, but she's French. And when we watched Derry Girls, she, ha she had to have the subtitles on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Le titre de sub. Yeah, I believe right. it's what yeah. they call them <laughs> in, in France. Uh, so yeah, I am I am now a convert. You know, I turn them convert. off on video games as well because they're all on video games by default and I have to desperately go into the menus and turn them off no. immediately because wow. again, I find they take me out of the game. Can't have them. Even if I miss dialogue. You know that I'm you're sitting in your under, you know, underwear? Know. <laughs> How did you know? I've lost my I mind. also do worry though that I might lose the ability to hear sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I'll force myself to be like, don't put subtitles don't on. You some... need to listen. Your brain's like, you don't use these yeah, anyway. Yeah. We don't I'm need like, them. No, no, no. To, don't put the subtitles on today. You need to actually like listen to what they're saying. This so is why I, we I... haven't given you headphones today to really train your ears. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, one more question from Shibber Ahmed, uh, who says, as a non-South Asian watcher of the show, he's referring to uh, the four of us in this room certainly <laughs> how easy has it been to pick up the cultural references in the show are there any I've missed them I've missed everything in this show uh, and has there anything has there been anything that maybe has thrown you uh, loads of stuff loads of stuff honestly um, like all of it <laughs> But no. it's been great to learn. <laughs> but doesn't it feel oh, like one Neil, of these where we, come on. <laughs> like we might pick up some and then for people who are more versed in the culture, then it's a, a richer experience yeah, and it's more absolutely. interesting mm. for them. But I think we, we pick up what we need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff you don't need to know to enjoy the show yeah. as it is. But, but I, I remember saying this, like when I saw the first two, we went to the kind yeah. of gala screening and there were a lot of Pakistani influencers there and they were whooping and laughing oh, at stuff yeah. that I clearly didn't get, but yeah. they were loving it. I'd so love to see yeah. what they were love, laughing at. Probably the same things that I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of stuff in there that, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. You don't need to know, but I get so much out of it because I've not seen this sort of grounded level of cultural uh, representation mm. in really much before. I think, you know, we've got Kamal Ninjani in Eternals, but he was very sort of glamorized. He was a Bollywood mm. star. Whatever you. Funnily enough, we're not all Bollywood stars, <laughs> despite how I look. Um, but... <laughs> Oh, laughing at me now, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the 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 grounded level is where this show shines when it comes to those sorts of cultural references. Yeah, at b e j underscore t t underscore t uh, says I've seen people complaining about contradictions to the end game time travel. Uh, I'm assuming it's a causal loop situation as theorized. I wanted to say this doesn't contradict Endgame. Well, 
Endgame doesn't Endgame contradict itself? I'm pretty and sure it does. There's yeah. lots of stuff going on there. Uh, Betched says, "I've always been in the Marcus McFeely camp that what Endgame says is Hulk says you can't rewrite a timeline. Whatever you do in the past is not going to change the future." Yeah. Ancient One says, "By taking the Infinity Stones in the time heist, you're splitting the timeline branches." Steve says, "It's okay. I'm making sure I return the stones and clip all our branches." So certainly, Quantum Realm. This is a long question. Time travel dealing with infinity stones causes branches, but not time travel in general. Time travel can be done in a causal loop manner where you're not rewriting the past, but predestined to always be part of it. Uh, so this well, uh, that's a whole other yeah. thing, isn't it? The predestination mm. non-causal loop, which they talk about. So the time traveler's wife does this, in that he can go back in time, but he can't change anything because James it's already happened. <laughs> so when he goes back in time, he cannot deviate from what was always going to happen. Like you cannot resist what was always going to happen. So it is a causal loop, but you can't change anything. Right. That's the prisoner of Azkaban? Uh, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So yeah. all of this has oh, happened yeah. before, all of this will happen yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, it's that, but you cannot change the future by altering the past because you cannot fundamentally alter the past. Uh, but it isn't a, a branching thing. But yeah, that's an interesting one whereby, yes, it's a causal loop, except when you start fucking about with Infinity Stones, at which point it branches off universes, and then when you return them, it all goes back to normal. But I think we established when we did the spoiler special for this that the Russos and Marcus and Buffili had very different views on how time <laughs> yeah, travel works in it. So I think maybe it's not quite that clear cut, but fuck it. I like the solution. Let's go with it. Uh, Nat L42 liked the first half. This is more of a comment than a question. Liked the first half. Uh, it was becoming obvious Kamala would be some way connected to saving Sana or, or Sana. Uh, a bit cliched, but it worked. Uh, although Marvel seemed to rewrite their own time travel rules to suit the narrative. Um, <laughs> Different strokes for different folks, right? Uh, the women coming together was a plus. The ending, however, was like, oh, we've run out of time. Let's blow something up. Um, I'm not sure where it's going. Has Kamran absorbed his mother's malice as well as her powers? I think he has. I think yeah. he has. I hope that's, not. that's where I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. At Armadu, Asif Ahmad. Saddest death in the MCU. Also best chemistry between any MCU characters in Aisha and Hassan. Saddest well, death in the MCU. Saddest death, not really. No. It was no, sad. It was very sad. And, yeah, it was and, very and sad, the fact yeah, that it was. was sad, given how limited her screen time yeah, was, was, mm. was, yeah. was impressive. Yeah. But saddest death, no. Um, uh, not that every single one of our spoiler specials seems to become an uh, Avengers Endgame spoiler special. But yeah, Tony and at the risk of being a No Tony's Way Home dead? spoiler special. Uh, sorry, Neil, you might want to cover your ears for this one. Earmuffs, uh, Aunt May. Uh, was was oh, heartbreaking. Natasha. Yeah. Oh, Natasha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very sad. Splatasha Romanov. <laughs> oh, too soon. Wow. Too soon. <laughs> Great. Flat Widow. That's just not funny. Oh, it's oh my God. <laughs> Evil. Oh. She's got red in her ledger and then <laughs> and, all and over the place. Else. It's just, you know. Not in this movie, it's PG-13. Um, anyway, uh, so not for me. But yes, the chemistry between those, those two was amazing. Give them their own spin-off, but like a sexy spin-off. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just, uh, I just like to see good-looking people. That's like, it's nothing. Just what's wrong with me? Uh, at DVD Smith, is Kamala basically a time-traveling genie now for anyone who has the bangle and makes a wish? Was this a power she had in the comics? And does the time travel being a prisoner of Azkaban style calls a loop contradict yeah. what we saw in Avengers Endgame? <laughs> With the time travel, the different models of time travel thing, to me that comes in a similar sphere of like, hey, everyone in the fucking Marvel Universe has laser powers, but some of them come from space and some of them come from 
Earth and some Magic of them come from technology. <laughs> but they're all laser powers, but they're all a kind of different and yeah. they come from different yeah. places. I think there can be multiple yeah. like different models of time travel all existing within this universe and the the very intentional use of the quantum realm and pin particles in Endgame is different to the magical space bangle that like whatever the energy that is imbued with if even the way that kamala travels with that um where she kind of tips backwards into the past Mm. and is transported very specifically to a time and place is different to how they approached the time travel in endgame to me it feels like yes they're both time travel but they are separate like ideas of what time travel can be um can't remember what the other bit of the question was. <laughs> uh, Very well said, Ben. Sorry, I was I was checking the score in the tennis. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, Nadal? Nadal's injured. Uh, oh, he's, no. he's struggling at the moment. Uh, his team are apparently saying you should maybe quit, but he's it in. he's carrying on because he's Rafael Nadal and he's apparently made of adamantium and he, he's just carrying on, but he has lost a Made of set. adamantium? Confirmed? Yeah. In the MCU? <laughs> I really, really hope that no one's like getting a tennis ruined for me like a day later. <laughs> like, they're, like whatever happened to the likely lads, they're, they're avoiding the score assiduously. And, think, and then I'm safe with I'm this. Safe it's here. just from Miss Marvel. They're just going to spoil Endgame again and, and, and talk about Miss Marvel. <laughs> oh my God, Raphael Liddell's lost the first set. Oh my God. Uh, it's an unlikely scenario, but go with it. A widespread spoiler special. <laughs> I'll spoil anything. Boris, <laughs> Boris Johnson apparently is being advised to resign by some of his uh, what's left of his cabinet. Bye. Yeah, and he's going. He's going. <laughs> so, which is <laughs> uh, yeah, subtitles are coming up, and, <laughs> and that's nope. James is refusing to read them. Yeah, he's he's steaming the uh, the very expensive wallpaper off <laughs> off number ten down his throat. <laughs> ironing it and then put it into the suitcase <laughs> uh, so what was the question the question was from David Smith about the end game thing is Kamala now a time travelling genie and was this a power she had in the comics the, the the genie wish thing that felt new to me in terms of anyone bringing that up as an idea I didn't take it as like she's a genie and she can grant wishes it feels to be what that person is saying. I didn't get that. Oh sense right, that's what you all. mean. Yeah, because when Aisha like summoned her, she said, <coughs> "What you seek is seeking you." I know what you mean. Could you, could that be interpreted as a genie thing? I, I th- don't think so. I th- I think there is some sort of wish granting element, but I don't think she's going to become a wish granting genie at all. No, I, I think that there's so much wish fulfillment in like yeah. coming of age superhero narratives. Anyway, I mm. don't think that would feel even unique to to. Kamala Khan in that sense of mm. like what if a nerd could fly what if a boy was a spider I guess um, uh, being imbued with those powers as a teenager and, and kind of getting to use them that is the wish fulfillment element um, so I, I don't think that feels like a specific Ms. Marvel thing and I haven't had that sense at all in this show of like oh that's part of the power set it's just yeah. she mm. can summon cosmic energy she can make portals I liked that um, uh, she was using her platformy powers to like mm. save people. We had a moment where she's like created that big kind of thing. wall yeah. so that people the- could escape behind it. So she's summoning energy, she's creating portals, and she can like create embiggened versions of herself. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see those powers develop and see if it does go in a more Green Lantern y direction of, oh, if she imagines yeah. it, she can create it, or if mm. it's just to do with her like physical self. Yeah. And the the little shiny platforms. I'm intrigued needs. to see what Cameron's 
skill set powers mm. are. You know, does he basically just have powers that, that mirror hers, which would be weird given that Dashma that didn't. But we shall see what happens uh, next week. Okay, we're going to wrap this up because uh, the lights have gone out and that's usually <laughs> a sign. Uh, at Scott Clark 8, just two last questions. This week's episode was a bit on the short side compared to other weeks. It's just 34 minutes, not including credits. Do you think that they need to stick with a consistent runtime or fit with the story? Let the story tell you how long the episode should be. Yes, that, the last one, but I think the story was telling them that this episode should have been longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I'm, I'm a big fan of this new trend in TV shows to not go, okay, this is a, you know, we have to fill 45 minutes or we have to yeah. fill an hour. And, 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 you know, that, that was an affliction that certainly hurt the Netflix shows. Oh, God. Mm. Yeah. But also know, that they felt they needed to do 13 episodes. 13 episodes, yeah. which was at least five too many, so. I do think, though, that generally with these Marvel and Star Wars shows, we're still in that slightly strange hinterland of, like, TV has had a rhythm um, for, for a long time, kind of for a reason, where you have your A yeah. plot that's maybe, like, I don't know, 27, 30 minutes of a 42-minute episode. You have your B plot that is maybe 10 minutes of that episode, and then a, a very little C plot um, that is just a couple of minutes that's peppered through and that means that you spend a certain time with the A plot then you cut to the B plot and a little bit of C plot and then you get back to the A plot and you're excited to see that develop whereas I feel like a lot with the Disney Plus shows it feels kind of caught between being a movie something like we talked about Mando early on where it's like you just stay with Mando there is no B plot those episodes are like half an hour because you just stay with him mm. and that's enough time to tell his story but I do think there's something really satisfying about that TV rhythm of having mm. like a plot, bit of a B plot, bit of a C plot in an episode and giving your brain that variety of characters and settings. And I sometimes feel with these shows, as much as I enjoy them, they could benefit from leaning into that structure a little bit more. Oh, see, I disagree. I think that's a, a holdover from an older style of television. I think it still persists and actually it has its place. But I think having sort of single strand plot threads works quite well in the streaming age, especially when you have shorter runs. And you're not filling out like ridiculous characters, like if you're doing network TV 22 episode series. You know, you can keep the story leaner, you can keep it more focused. You know, and some of the stuff that I enjoy the most oftentimes is like a very single plot thread all the way yeah. through. Um, but, you know, there's room for all sorts of things. You know, they can mix it up. But they, yeah, they've been quite, um, you know, single minded in their, in their plots for these, these Disney shows, certainly. But yeah, I can, I can take both. All right. I like a bit of variety. Absolutely. And a bit of Hollywood Reporter as well. Uh, at <laughs> Foul Shopaholic, uh, we'll finish off this episode uh, and in fact lead nicely into uh, just quick predictions for what will happen in the final episode next week. Uh, so a number of questions from Foul. As per usual, do you think we'll see the second bangle surface in the finale? Uh, where did Najma and her crew look for it in the previous Where's years? The bangle? Where, Where is, is it? it? Use booze protect us. Use booze protect us. Whatever the place was. was to protect us. Use booze protect Is the big bad going to be damage control? I think it's almost like they've forgotten that those guys were in it. Uh, will Sonny go back to the US with Maniba and Kamala because my dream scene in the finale would involve the three of them linking up to enhance the power of the bangle? Maybe that'll open up the fail without the second bangle. Do we know why Aisha, Najma, and their crew got kicked out of their own realm to begin with? Because they're Lots massive bellends. I don't clearly. think we do know that. Do we? Have they explained that? I think they're just twats. It feels to me like maybe they, they went a full general sword and they got phantom sewn. Yeah. But then Aisha well, doesn't seem the type, you know. And she doesn't, does she? That's a very good point. But maybe she's recanted. Maybe she's repented. Mm. Mm. On the um, teaming up thing, 
when Maniba was finding out where Kamala was and we were sort of seeing her in the midst of the fight at the time, I thought, is this where we're going to see Maniba? Sure, like that she has powers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to see that. Well, and it didn't quite turn out that way. It was just okay, but... I See, I'd taken the whole uh, gin thing as a kind of a partition metaphor, that obviously they were on the wrong side of the border when something happened. And mm. I thought maybe we'd find out why the veil got sealed with them on the yeah. wrong side of it. But I don't know, that seems to have fallen by the wayside. Yeah, like introducing this other, the is it the newer dimension? The newer dimension. The newer dimension. Yeah. I was trying yeah. to say it with my accents like quite hard. Newer. Newer. <laughs> newer. <laughs> I can't say it all you very think, well. You think there's a Greg's in the newer dimension? <laughs> <laughs> and if so, does it count? Okay, I'm not sure Greg's what. God. HR <laughs> violation that is, but I think it's I think uh, it's one of them. I think, it's it's, uh, <laughs> I think you find yourself as HR, but uh, that's a, a conversation for another time. What did I say? <laughs> you went you went full H, but it's fine. It's fine. That it's one was okay. so. I, that one just flew over my head. I'm that northern. I, I didn't even get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anywho, anywho, what yes, a good point. What whatever you said, whatever you said, I agree with fully. Um, the newer yeah, the, dimension, the whole the dimension—that's quite like a major thing. Like to have this other dimension that's happening, and like as soon as it opens, people disintegrate and die. And I feel like <laughs> we haven't like we haven't actually learned that much about it really this is what James thinks happens when you go north that's 100% <laughs> yeah. if you leave Obviously, London when you pass the Watford Gap that is 100% what happens to you like you just you crystallise and then turn to a skeleton and die yeah it's true you might <laughs> I almost certainly would yeah you just you'll just go there he goes oh my god um, so that's what's going what's going to happen next week apart from me probably not being here because I'll be dead I think loads of that the thing I'll pick up from that is that I do want the, the three generations of them to like team yeah. up together in some kind of powery way I think mm. would be a, a lovely note as long as it keeps the focus on Kamala yes um, a, a little bit of assistance from, from her mum and from her nan as well would be a lovely yeah. thing yeah team up would be very cool to see I think what if next, they next came together week? like Voltron oh, yeah, formed, like a Zord <laughs> <laughs> formed a giant mum really tall <laughs> It just tells the bad guy off. Mom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just bollocks them for half an hour. I'd watch that. We've never seen a bad guy being grounded before. Maybe if Cameron, go to your room, Cameron, think about what you've done. That's the, that's the end of that. I've got a fun fact about Cameron. Oh, I'll be the judge of that. But <laughs> um, it's a really short fact. He was in Emmerdale before this. Yes. A few episodes. That's set in the north, James. That's in Yorkshire. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah, it's a science fiction it. program. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was neither fun nor a fact, but yes, let's lean into it. It's a it. fact. <laughs> it was on Emmerdale. Technically, I guess it is. It's a fact. Where is it set? It's set in Leeds, James. Ah, okay. Leeds, yeah. Leeds, Leeds. Where's Crossroads set? What the fuck? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm not 100 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brilliant. that was off the air before was I was born, mate. Yeah. What about yeah. Coronation Street? That's uh, in Manchester. Manchester. Okay, good. Oh, it's good. in Manchester. <laughs> oh, 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 Coronation Street. I oh, love it. Love it. <laughs> I'm not from there. Don't know why you're looking at me. No, that doesn't bother me. I'm not looking at you. Yeah. Brookside, of course, was in Liverpool. All northern places. Biker Grove was Newcastle. Biker Grove? Biker. Biker Grove. And can it see, man? It's <laughs> <laughs> my culture. No, I'm not from Newcastle. I don't know why I'm saying that. Yeah, you should be I like... I hate it when people say I'm from Newcastle. You should be joining the pylon, right? 
And, you know, you'd be like, yeah. So, so it's close enough. What's 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 a soap that's set in, in Middlesbrough? I don't think there is any. Is there anything set in Middlesbrough? No. Nothing. No there is a gap in the market and we should create we should. one. We should. There's we should. no um, Northern Irish soap. Well done for remembering that I'm from Middlesbrough because normally you go, where, where are you from again? Well, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a bit, I always think it's like a bit from the beginning of the George R. R. Martin, but it's just beyond the wall and it's just so, this big sort of stretch. Sophie lives, anyway. Sophie lives equidistant Crossroads and, and Emmerdale, <laughs> yeah. right in the That's middle, it. is Sophie Butcher. Yeah. There's no Northern Irish soap, which explains the smell, but there's also, we should... <laughs> it's not correct, what wow. Chris just said. <laughs> I know it wasn't correct. It was a, it was a, it was, it was I was a trying joke. to remember I where Crossroads was. Birmingham. Oh my God. Young, Sorry. Young people. Anyway. Young people in your sub. I feel like I started this with my non-fun fact. Well, yeah. see, we, we turned it into fun. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> <laughs> we added right, the fun. I'll bring you lemon drizzle cake next week. Then, to make up for it. But I'll tell you this, it's going to be shop boss. <laughs> right, yeah, um, so stuff's going to happen next week. People are going to talk, going to fire things at each other. There may be or, or yeah. may not be a cameo. But what I do like, uh, I've been meaning to say this entire episode and I haven't, uh, is that this is, unless I'm completely wrong, the first MCU show to really lean into the mother-daughter thing. You know, kind of Black Widow does it to an extent, a little bit with Rachel Vice, but yeah, they, yeah, they, they they have elements of it here and there. Yeah, I think with them, um, was it Emma and the Wasp when her mum comes back a little, but but, but yeah, not as much, not as, as much. Um, but yeah, this it's nice to see. It's proper. It's proper. It's proper right. good. Yeah. Proper good. Yeah, so, it's normally like father issues and stuff like that, isn't it? No, in fact, so much so he's been off screen for the last two, well, two issues. <laughs> not too, I keep calling them issues, but again, that's probably the right word. Um, anyway. Something that like that makes me think about, we've just been um, doing a lot of rollout stories for our Avatar issue. And in it, James Cameron... Um, Cameron? Yeah. Mentions <laughs> that like he approached Avatar 2, like he gave them a family because he looks at family. things like... <laughs> Marvel and DC and he sees that these characters don't have like kids and stuff to like clip their wings he said and giving um, them a family well, yeah because James Cameron's clearly <laughs> kids have really clipped his wings <laughs> I know well he's like you know he's meaning like they don't have these things that like tie them back that they need yeah. to think about that stop them from going out and being superheroes and so like I think we're seeing that a lot more with new recent Marvel stuff about about family and about how that affects um, these heroes and what they can do and I think that's an interesting dynamic amazing so, Amazing. All right. Anything else to say? Are we done? I like how they very seriously talked about microchipping uh, Kamala at one point. Because it was like microchipping your dog. If it was legal, I would do it. Yeah, we all would. Let's yeah. be honest. I like that bit. I just want to say, as much as it ended abruptly, the uh, final scene between Bruno and Cameron, I thought the writing was actually really lovely. And that moment yeah. when he sees the Nikola Tesla poster on the wall, and he's like, oh, you're a car guy? I thought yeah. it was a very funny game. Yeah. And like, he and finally learned his name. And Bruno being very nice, like, don't worry, we'll sort it out. Yeah. Bruno's a good guy. We didn't have to be like a battling love interest thing. Or it is was... he? Is he? Do you I think, think he, has, he is. Do you think he has he nefarious? Is. He says, Cameron, come again. Can I offer you some lemon drizzle cake? Oh, look, it's a damage control drone. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? We'll find out next week. Oh, one more thing. Bullshit prediction. Yep. John Bon Jovi's going to turn up. I would prefer oh, Bruce Springsteen. If, if, At least we got a little bit of Springsteen cool. reference this week. Bruce Springfield. No, I, want, I want Brown Jovi back. I don't want Bon Jovi. Who are a real band? <laughs> we, are. we should. They we are. should. We yes. should say that they have. They have emerged, and they have. Uh, they have a social media presence. Uh, my Google search was incorrect. I am now suing Google for many millions of pounds. Uh, so I'll let you know how to get on with that. Uh, I'm not suing Google, and uh, but they're a real band, so we should try and hire them. In some ways, if we could, because I'm sure they're quite expensive, we should get them to the fanfare for next week. 
for the final episode. Yes, if you are Brown Jovi and you are listening, please record a fanfare (laughs) for next week's episode. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. Yeah. And thank you for subscribing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Also. Uh, All right. I think that's it, isn't it? We're done. We're done. Okay, so that is it for our penultimate Miss Marvel spoiler special. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed parts of it. (laughs) And uh, uh, we're back next week in a different studio. No idea where at this point. No, we might be recording from the street. We might be recording. We might be recording from Middlesbrough. Who knows? Yes. (laughs) Or from the newer dimension, (laughs) which is equidistant. Between Middlesbrough <laughs> and Crossroads. And, crossroads. <laughs> and we've reached the crossroads for this, this podcast, in fact, so it's time to say goodbye to my four colleagues of such lethal cunning, Neil Bat. Goodbye. Goodbye, sir. Um, bring stuff next week. What? Bring stuff next week. I'm trying to be so subliminal. Oh. <laughs> I think you're just being liminal. I know. <laughs> it's like Jack's being invisible. Uh, it's, it's goodbye from James Dyer. Bring stuff next week, Neil. Yes, I will bring stuff. <laughs> I don't know what that stuff is, but I'll bring some stuff. Damn it, it works to change. Yeah, I was just about to say. Neil. Neil brings some Nobody wants me making them cake. I've got no, this is, you. This That's it. I do good. have a Targaryen dragon cake mold at home, which I've never used. So maybe that would be Nick cool. baked a cake, cake. From, for my wedding that was so awful <laughs> that nobody went near it. I believe Did you hire there. him as the caterer? Why would you hire Nick to sell him as your wedding caterer? No, we didn't, because um, we all, we got friends to make us cake. So Helen, who's a really good baker, oh. Oh, okay. made us our wedding cake. Um, yeah. And then a number of friends made other cakes as well, just as, as casual stuff for you know to pick out during the day. I have a picture of Nick's cake. Uh, Max von Sido uh, appeared and tried to exercise it and uh, <laughs> and was unsuccessful. <laughs> so it's a, it's a hell of a thing. It really is. But, you know, I appreciate the gesture. Which is good. So James, all I'm saying is you could make a similar gesture next week. Lemon drizzle or chocolate fudge cake if if you're so inclined. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> I'll see what I can whip up. <laughs> it's goodbye from Ben Travis. Goodbye. Goodbye, Ben What cake Travis. are you bringing, Ben? I'm just bringing Neil and Neil's going to bring the cake. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Am I living with Ben? Is, is, is Neil a hostage in this situation? Yeah. I don't know. I'm very tired. <laughs> We're all very tired. I've eaten my entire you have eaten and I'm sugar cake. crashing. I've spent the last 15 yeah. minutes going, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of sugar, a lot of butter. I have yeah. a headache. I have it a was headache. very good cake. It was Thank delicious. You. Yeah. Saved mine. Uh, so it's goodbye think. from Sophie Butcher. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. You know, I'm going to take a leaf out of this week's episode and end this episode abruptly. Thanks for listening. See you.